0: Welcome to the Mental Health Bootcamp Podcast. This is the podcast where three Canadians and one American, all psychotherapists, serve you cutting edge mental health knowledge. I am Ryan Howes from the smoky state of California.
1: I'm Chris Boyd, outside of Vancouver in Coquitlam.
2: I'm Brooke Lewis from Raincouver, Canada.
1: And I'm
3: Joanna Boyd, uh younger sister to Chris Boyd, and I'm from Vancouver, Canada.
0: Woohoo! Welcome, you guys. Thank I you. I think we all have kind of a smoke problem these days, don't we?
2: Yes, yes. Vancouver hasn't had enough rain to wash away the smoke, so we have some wafting smoke up from Washington, and there's a, a few fires up here in BC as well.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, wow. yeah. Yes, that, that time of year, it seems to be pretty strong this year, kind of a challenge, mm-hmm. but we will make it through, and our, gosh, our warm wishes to anyone who has lost a home or property during this time. There's, there's been a lot of destruction in, in California and Oregon, I know, and that's a uh, scary, dangerous time. Mm-hmm. So I have something fun to share with you guys.
3: Let's hear
0: it. Some we fun little, to know. a fun little kind of COVID era uh, adventure I took this weekend. I, you ready for this? Ready. I went to a drive-in movie this weekend. Oh, oh those are fun. Yes, it was actually a lot of fun. I, I think I'd been once in my life when I was a very little kid. Hardly remember it, um, but uh, it's pretty popular these days since movie theaters are closed. And it's a very safe way, very safe way to watch a movie. And there was a, a there's a place not too far from here where they had four screens going at the same time. Um, so it's a very large place. There were like probably 50 cars in there in each one of the, the little theater areas, lots. Whoa. And it was really a lot of fun. We got some like got some some sandwiches and uh just sat in the car and watched the film. It was really cool.
2: That's great. Which film did you watch?
0: Bill and Ted's, Bill and Ted's three. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, it was I, fun.
3: I, that's awesome. Yeah. We only, we have one more of those up here. Um, Well in our area anyways, and it's just the one big screen and yeah, you don't have multiple screens. That's all you get, but they usually play maybe three in a night. So if you start, yeah. Yeah. You could be there till like three in the morning. Oh
1: boy. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a nice uh, setup with uh, yeah. Snacks and blankets and
0: pillows and, well, you know, we had the snacks for sure, um, and the, yeah, we brought all the sweets and everything, all the popcorn stuff. We're big uh, red vines and uh, uh, Skittles and that sort of stuff for the, wow. for the, the movie time. That's important. Um, and yeah, it was actually, it was super hot this weekend, so we didn't, and we, no one was really getting, we were allowed to get out of the car, actually, kind of had to stay in the car, unless you're going to the bathroom or the awkward concession stand. Okay. But uh, yeah, we just kind of hung out, watched the film, and it was really neat. And I don't know if you guys, if you've been, or have you been to yours, Joanna?
3: Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Do they do the thing where the, they, the cars actually park on an upslope?
3: Yeah, it's just a very slight, um, yeah. each section has just a slight bump, but <laughs> it's, it's very gradual.
0: That's so cool, it's nice. You point the car right at the screen, it's kind of fun.
3: Well, that's great.
0: That was my adventure.
3: That's awesome. A nice summer thing to do.
0: It was. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. What have you guys
1: been up to? Anything fancy? Um, Joanna and I were up at our cabin there a few hours away. I um, entered a a dance-off with my little nephew. Ah. So I lost by one vote. Um, I sang our dance to uh, Wham, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Mm-hmm. some tight and bright clothing so it was a close close battle but he uh he beat me by one
3: yeah it was yeah. a very very hard decision
1: so i had to jump in the lake uh as a result but it was oh. he beat me with the uh the ground moves you know he was like break dancing and stuff like that and oh i'm uh i'm more like a you know arms and and you know a bit, a bit of a different style i guess but.
0: uh does he do the same song or does
1: he do a different song he got to pick his own song. It's from uh, marshmallow. Okay. I didn't know marshmallows could uh, create great music, but, um,
3: oh, man.
0: but
1: uh, it was a close one though. It was probably about, was a bunch of people watching. And so I think losing by one vote is kind of a win for me too, you know? Yeah. I'll, almost and, had him. But.
3: And uh, he kind of decided to jump in the lake with you there. It's just a loser, but he, I think got ran in there first.
1: That's right. Yeah. Good sportsmanship. Yeah. Good sportsmanship for sure. Yeah.
0: That sounds like fun. Is that kind of a tradition you guys have up there? Or did you just set this up?
1: No, it was more, well, I challenged my other nephew to a Minecraft off last month mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I got slaughtered in that one. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so just trying to have these fun little battles with my nephews and nieces. Wow. Sounds
0: like you just really want to jump in the lake. So you just find reasons to do so, right?
1: It is so refreshing, you know? It's so nice to get in there.
0: It sounds really like a lot of fun. That's cool. Anything else, Brooke? Anything new with you?
2: Um, uh, Not really. No, no. I was hanging out at my home for the long weekend and did some social distance visits and um, tried to bake some new things. That was fun. So I made pizza dough. Ah. And uh, galette, that was the other thing. Do you know what that is, Ryan? I have no idea. Apple, apple. I don't know if I'm saying it properly. Um, so it's kind of like a lazy pie. So you make pie dough and you roll it out and then you put whatever you're filling in. So I did apples. So it's just like apples and sugar and some cinnamon. Mm-hmm. And pile it in the middle and then you just fold up the sides of the dough Ah. So there's no like pie pan or anything like that. You just kind of fold it all up and stick it in the oven. So, tried to make that. And, it's like yeah. a calzone.
0: It's like a calzone version of uh pie.
2: But a little open. It's open in the middle. So you like fold the edges up so the apples oh. are still exposed, but okay. it's kind of still more folded than a pie would be, but there's no top crust. Um I don't know if I make How it. was it? It was pretty good. I had a little bit of a leakage. Like, so when I took it out of the oven, I was like, oh no, like all the delicious apple juice, like the um, yummy caramelized stuff had escaped through part of the pie crust and was (laughs) made like a real mess on the cookie sheet. But that's okay. The house smelled amazing.
0: Mm. Sounds yummy.
2: Yeah. So doing that. And then I have a book club this weekend. So we've been reading My Brilliant Friend, which is a Mm. novel. Uh, Yeah, so I've been doing that.
0: Do you recommend it?
2: So far, it's really good. I'm listening to it on an audiobook, uh, and my friend Tracy, who's in Book Club, she makes a good point. Books are written to be read. So when you listen to an audiobook, sometimes you don't get the same experience because they were written to be read, not to be heard. Mm, Interesting. And so um, I chose to listen to this one on audiobook because uh I had some extra credits and and whatnot but I would agree like I feel if I read this book I would enjoy it more than listening to it but I would still give it a seven and a half don't tell Tracy that Tracy stop listening
0: that is a that's a really interesting point as Mm -hmm. I've never I've never heard that before that books are meant meant to be read or written to be read as opposed to read to read aloud or, or heard Mm-hmm. Um, that is interesting. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard a writer ever say, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some writing here, and doggone on it. It's gonna be read. No one's gonna read this book to anyone." I don't know that. I don't know
1: that's a conscious thought
0: for the for the writer,
1: but there is something to that.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, my grade two uh, teacher was uh, full of it. I guess reading eh? <laughs> the stories on the carpet there, the mat. <laughs> yes.
0: Exactly. I can imagine Dr. Seuss is like, what the hell are you doing?
2: Why are you reading this out loud? That's a good point. Yeah, the younger <laughs>
0: Dr. Seuss is like, I can't believe. Green Eggs and Ham was meant to be read, not spoken. Oh, no, I don't know. That's a really interesting thought. It is interesting. That. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I do think any books that I've, read I've enjoyed more than if I've listened to them I agree
3: I find I enjoy reading books more and I also think it I'm able to pay attention more I think sometimes if people are listening or if I'm listening even driving I'm also paying attention to something else at the same time so Mm -hmm. I find I and if I space out while reading I'm like what did I just read so I'll go back versus you don't tend to maybe I don't tend to anyways that's just me but I think both have their pros
0: I'll add another one though to that, which is, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm a very slow reader. I'm a, I'm a very thorough reader. I, I, I absorb it all, but I'm, in, I'm terribly slow. A novel, nonfiction, doesn't matter. If I'm reading a book, it takes me forever. I, I got into doing the audiobooks a couple of years ago, and I've just been like consuming them. books like
2: that too.
0: And just love it. I've, I am just. So enjoying. And I'm going back to all those books I was assigned in high school and college and never read, and I'm rereading those or, or reading those for the first time, listening to those for the first time, and it's been yeah. just a delight. So I and you
3: and me. you run too, Ryan, right? So yeah, I listen
0: to yeah. run. Or... I run and and back when I would drive somewhere, I would listen while I was driving, and just had a great time doing that.
1: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And sometimes you get the uh, the author that reads the book to you. Yeah, I, I think I just retain it better. when It's being read versus reading it myself, um, but anyways, yeah, interesting the different uh, preferences there.
0: It is, it is. So guys, we need to get on on track here. We've got a uh, a brand new ambush coming. The ambush is when one of us comes up with a topic, keeps it a mystery from the other three, and then springs it on us in the middle of our podcast and we have to respond. We don't know what it's going to be, but, uh, you know, that's, that's okay. We come prepared in other ways, and we just hope we can respond to the topic. And I think tonight is Chris.
1: All right, here it comes. Ready? Drum roll. Drum roll. It is sent. Okay.
0: Okay, here's a good one. Let's talk mindfulness. What is it? does it live up to the hype? And what mindfulness techniques or approaches do you use with your clients? Mindfulness, everyone. The topic of the 2000s.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say that's a, a hot word these days, isn't it?
0: Certainly is. What is it? And does it live up to the hype? We'll start with that. So mindfulness. Uh, I'll try to take a stab at a, at a, explanation of that on the most simple on the simplest level mindfulness is awareness it's being aware of thoughts feelings behaviors that uh that you're having that you yourself are experiencing and and viewing those observing those without judgment it's saying here's here's the state of of being right now here's where i am my my thoughts are racing And I'm, and that's okay. I'm not going to judge that my body is uh, stiff or sore or anxious or jittery. That's, that's where I am. And that's okay. Um, my My feelings are happy, sad, angry, whatever it might be. And just experiencing that. That's kind of the most basic way I think of mindfulness. Do you guys have any, anything to add?
2: I don't, that's pretty much the definition I provide to you for clients. Um, sometimes I use the word intentional in there. So the intentional focus of your awareness, um, without judgment, I think is the key piece there. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Joanna, yeah. do you use anything different?
3: No, I think that it's, um, yeah, just being in the moment tailoring to the senses, uh, yeah. What's happening in your body and thoughts, but yeah, the non-judgment and the not interpreting it, just noticing it. You're just kind of a witness. Uh, That's kind of how I would relay it as well. And I think about when I think mindfulness, I think um, like connecting to the present moment. So that could be breathing, guided imagery, things like that. Um, Yeah. So,
0: yeah, that's the interesting thing about mindfulness is, is its application is kind of endless. It's sort of whatever you're doing is something you could be doing mindfully. You can, you know, there's a lot of talk about mindful eating and, you know, mindful exercise and certainly, uh, how would you contrast it for those of you who are experts in this? How would you contrast it with meditation? Cause a lot of times people see them as one of the same and they sometimes are there's mindful meditation. So is there a difference or what do, what do you think?
2: Christopher?
1: I, uh, I see it as one and the same as a form of, of meditation that's focused more, as you mentioned on the present moment, but uh, that's my interpretation of it. But,
0: some people look at meditation as a way to, to kind of do the opposite, though. Kind of let go of thoughts and go into a place of nothingness and emptiness. Um, so, I mean, what, are you, what do you think about that as, a, as kind of a different stance of meditation?
2: I agree, yeah. And there's also visualizations that go with that. Sometimes I feel like more with meditations than mindfulness. So I feel like for a mindful meditation might be something more like a body scan, mm-hmm. the tense release, noticing where am I holding tension in moving up from your toes all the way up to your head. Um, but uh, a meditation for me would be more a visualization. So calm place or wiser self or mountain. I like the mountain, a mountain one where you oh, we're gonna- yourself becoming a mountain and then embodying all the strength. But you're, when you're doing that, you are focusing your attention, but you're not focusing within or on the senses or the current moment, you're going somewhere else. Yeah. So I agree with you, Ryan, that meditation is uh, still beneficial, but different from mindfulness. Yeah. And mindfulness can be meditative, and I'm sure medita- some meditations can be mindful, but it's, they're not always the same.
1: Uh, yeah, I find, yeah, I find sometimes too clients um, think that the point of mindfulness or meditation is is always not having thoughts, right? It's sounding that clear mind. And, and I believe maybe you can get there, get to that meditative state. But I think it takes a lot of uh, maybe some some good training or persistence to get there, right?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. And that's something I point out in my intro for mindfulness is that there is a huge myth out there that to be mindful means that you're feeling positive. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Being mindful is that you are aware of your current state without judgment. So if you're experiencing anxiety, if your tummy is twisting and your chest is tight and you notice that and say, I'm anxious right now, you do that without judgment and it's okay, like you said, Brian, I'm anxious right now, that's okay. That doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden you feel better or positive you're just in a state where you're aware of it and you'll accept it.
0: Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Quick call back to episode five, optimism and (laughs) COVID-19 where we talked about toxic positivity. Remember that? And how sometimes it's not so helpful to just be trying to push everything into the positive. Sometimes we need to feel the the deeper, darker feelings. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yes, is it worth the hype is the second part of the question, right? Is it? Does it stand up? Does it actually help people or is it just kind of a uh, a nice new agey uh, psychobabble buzzword?
1: You know, the reason why I ask that question is um, it is a it is a buzzword and a lot of people hear that term and it's, um, it can mean so many different things for different people and it's been conceptualized in so many different ways. So I often hear that, oh, it doesn't work for me or or is too, too challenging for me, or I don't really get it. Right. There's a lack of clarity in terms of what the process looks like.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, you know, I I do feel that it does live up to the hype in terms of, I think there's research there to, to kind of back that for me personally, when I first, I think I was reading Eckhart Tolle's book power of now. And in there, he suggested that 80 to 90% of our thoughts are repetitive, useless, and negative. And, uh, when I read that, I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? Like, uh, how would i know what i'm thinking if i'm my thoughts but then i realized no of course we have this deeper part of our mind where we can catch ourselves thinking a certain way so i tried to observe my thoughts for that deeper place and i was actually kind of blown away by how negative those thoughts can be right so i know with my journey implementing mindfulness into my life I, it's been very very impactful in so many different ways right there's definitely still moments where you know i i, I take the bait and i start to fixate and ruminate I'm all over the map and I catch myself I'm like, darn, um, you know, that's it, that happened again. So being aware of those patterns and habits, I, it's liberating in so many different ways I feel. But,
2: mm-hmm. hmm. And I feel, is I think it's interesting with mindful that I think the hype is there for a reason. Um, I think it became a thing. I think there's so much more that we have to learn, especially in our Western cultures. Um, we're just new at this really. It it hasn't been in our culture for very long. We're not experts at it, but we're trying to work on it. And, uh, but I I feel like mindfulness is great because if, if you're not paying attention to the signals, your emotions, your physical body, um, your thought patterns, they just get louder.
3: Yeah.
2: And they're going to get louder and bigger until you start paying attention to them so the more that you avoid it or you're not mindful of it the harder it becomes right so i think mindfulness is a great way to befriend the discomfort in a way to to embrace it
3: and yeah i think that's it's it's so encouraging to talk to people about that because i think so many of us and i'm guilty of it um, sometimes it is really hard to just sit and be observant um, and for many people, whether there's anxiety or just a lot of stress or um, there's a lot of discomfort with just observing and there's so much judgment and trying to interpret things for people. So I think it's, it's not easy and I can see how people would be like, I don't want to do that. But I think that's just their coping, kind of kicking in or um, yeah. busyness or whatever. Um,
1: yeah. Or, or they're bombarded by these thoughts, right? Or yeah. sensations and feelings. And and it's tough to observe it non-judgmentally when you're it feels like you're spiraling and out of control, right? Yeah. So I can understand why people feel that it's not the best fit for them at times, but maybe um I guess we'll get to that here in terms of techniques and strategies yeah. that may help people out, of course. But I'll just
0: I'll just piggyback on that a little bit. I, and I think of the way that I, I tend to look at it is um you guys familiar with the terms ego dystonic and ego syntonic? It's uh,
2: I am, but I think you should explain it for our listeners.
0: I, I definitely will explain it for <laughs> listeners. I just want to know if I need to explain it to you too. But uh, so the idea that I I am my problem, like it is me, is is saying the, the fancy term ego syntonic. It's it's like sensitized. It's it's uh, synthesized with my ego with who I am. Um, whereas ego dystonic would be saying. I am. I am a self. I'm a person, but I deal with this thing that's kind of external to me, right? So I, the thing I love about mindfulness is, through this exercise of being non-judgmental and just observing, you're able to say, okay, I'm here, and I'm and I'm noticing. Oh, I'm also feeling some anxiety. It's not I am my anxiety or I am consumed with my anxiety. I am, actually have a self that's kind of in the core here, and I'm noticing that that anxiety is. Uh, is joining me right now, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's really helpful for folks because it really gives them a space to uh, to kind of carve out that they know I I'm, I am not aligned completely with my problems.
1: You know, this is a problem happening yeah. to me. It's not me. Yeah, it's like that lower part of yourself that maybe that sense of tranquility there, where you're observing all these things happening, right? Just keep in mind, if you're watching. A great hockey game you're watching david kessler go down and score some goals oh, um
0: please <laughs>
1: <laughs> you might be in the moment you might be in the zone like you're not technically you might not be having thoughts in your mind but you're still yourself right so thoughts and cognitions is one part of the human experience they coming into your consciousness but it doesn't define you it doesn't dictate who you are and same with the emotions and feelings too right mm-hmm, exactly. so i think it can be very liberating for people once they kind of wrap their heads around it that these are patterns and habits based on know and that we can't be talking about biology and genetics and temperament experiences like there's a reason why these patterns are there but you know it doesn't you don't have to to believe it you don't take the bait you don't it doesn't have to define you right sometimes i
2: like to use metaphors a lot so sometimes a metaphor that i use sort of in this realm is saying um, you if there's a tornado you want to be a mountain in the tornado you don't want to be a patio chair like a lawn chair right like and and the tornado is just your your thoughts and your feelings and everything that's coming with it it's the chaos that inner turmoil chaos you don't want to be the lawn chair we want to help you be the mountain
3: or that odd cow that's going in the movie yeah. twister no
2: sure. you might be the odd cow sure. we don't want you to be the odd cow
1: yeah uh, but yeah you know, there's also there's also like there is neuroscience there's research to back it right oh tons so it builds the uh, connected fibers, of the prefrontal cortex, the part of the brain helps with emotional regulation, body regulation, fear, extinction, intuition, empathy, morality, like a long, long list of benefits. Mm. Helps us sharpen our focus a bit more. So I think there is, I think we have a long ways to go in terms of the benefits of it. Um, and it's been around for thousands of years, but as Brooke was mentioning, it's pretty new to us. Like, mm-hmm. hey, well, Who would you say, Kat, John Kabat-Zinn was probably, kind of brought it over here a bit to more Russian culture?
2: And that was, what, 20 years ago?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, or That's, at least made it popular um, over here. But yeah,
2: yeah. Marsha Linehan claims that she was the first. Marsha Linehan, for those who are listening, um, is the developer of dialectical behavior therapy, which is quite popular for emotional regulation and distress tolerance, and working with borderline personality disorder. So she claims to be the first person to incorporate mindfulness in as part of a therapy a psychotherapy hmm. so not claiming she brought it here she says that like cabots in and there's been other others but she's the first that's taken it into a therapeutic context and dbt yeah. was not formed uh, long ago right so there's so much for we're, so, we're all so new hmm.
0: yeah true very true so should we get to some practical applications of this? How, how do you actually use it yeah. in, uh, in a clinical setting? the, I need to, I want to preface this for a second by saying, when I was learning mindfulness a few years ago, I think I was talking with my wife about it, kind of explaining some things. And, and one of my kids, and he was in first grade at the time, said, oh yeah, I know all about mindfulness. We do that in school. So it's <laughs> observing your <laughs> thoughts and behaviors without having any judgment. Like, yeah, we do it all the time like a big not deal, a big deal right it's <laughs> so like what my 6 year old knows this stuff better than i do it was kind of cool but that's i think it's a really nice thing too is this is this is a you know a public school teaching first graders how kind of the, the building blocks the, the basics of this as a as a way to help them uh, ground themselves kind of for the rest of their lives you know so that's it's kind of a nice idea
2: um, I have a story about te- a technique as well, so I was at um, the psychotherapy networker conference symposium there in DC where we all met and uh, I took one of the mindfulness courses, I don't even know how many years ago that was, it might have been 9-10 years ago now, and, uh, and they were going over mindful eating. So with mindful eating you focus on each of the senses, and so we were mindfully eating raisins. There was probably 300 people in this seminar, and we're all in this, this conference hall, and everyone has two raisins. So first you have to look at the raisin in as much detail as you can, then feel the raisin, notice all the little ridges and whatnot, and then you smell the raisin, and then you put the raisin in your mouth, but you don't chew it, and you roll it around. And then you take one bite, and you notice. And So every step of the way, you use each sense and notice. So it probably took two minutes to eat one or two raisins which is a very long time. And then the uh, facilitator said, hey, does anyone want to share their experience? And this fellow in the middle of the room, middle-aged fellow puts his hand up, says, yeah, I've been eating raisins my whole life. And I just realized I hate raisins. (laughs) And I I just thought that was so perfect. So his whole life, it's just been this like mindless, I'm putting raisins in my mouth yeah, and eating them. Don't and, like
1: the taste of it, yeah. I love no, it. I,
2: he didn't actually even like raisins. He had no idea because he had never <laughs> paid attention to it. And I just thought that was brilliant. So I actually, I let clients know that story in my experience. And I do ask them, like, are there things you think you're doing mindlessly that maybe you don't even like? Like, do you even like these things, right? So.
0: Mm, that's great. I mean, you would totally expect someone to be like, I've never had such a mystical experience with a raisin before, you know? <laughs> this guy's like, nope, just realized I hate him. Not for me. <laughs>
2: Middle-aged adult man, eating him whole life. Nope, don't like him. Don't like raisins. Never knew.
0: I really love that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Okay, so... Now I
3: want a raisin.
0: Yes, <laughs> what approaches and techniques? Um, Brooke, earlier you kind of zipped through, I guess they were more meditative things, like the mountain and, the mountain. and a few other things that you... Uh, yeah talk to people about i'm just sure. curious what the things
3: you guys use uh, uh, oh sorry go ahead no go joe i'll just uh uh give you a quick break here brooke um yeah i think a, a simple one i might talk with clients as a a basic mindfulness meditation would be just um sitting quietly in a space if you can i know that's harder to do uh, these days when we're more inside um could be inside outside and just focusing just on your natural breath it doesn't need to be deep breathing but just focusing on the your bre- um breaths in and out and then just allowing thoughts to come and go and you're not this is where the whole non-judgment comes in you're just gonna allow them to come notice it and then return to your breath like return your focus to the breath and it's kind of just simply that so normalizing the fact that your thoughts are going to come in but you're just noticing them and then just returning to your breath and then so just kind of something simple but um that's one thing, and I have another
1: one, but I can share that after. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that one a lot, Joe, and I learned that one too, and uh, it makes sense because you're you should always be breathing, right? you know. So it's always kind of there with you, and the nostrils, your lung, or uh, chest, or stomach. And I remember the first time I heard that, um, I, I think I was able to focus my mind for one point two seconds when a thought popped mm-hmm. in my mind: "Am I doing this right? What are we out for lunch today?" Uh, I'm like, "Oh, yeah. oops, I'm, I'm hungry." It's great. I think uh, for me, I a lot of people focus inward, but I like focusing outward on the senses. So the outer world. So Dan Siegel once said that washing the dishes is his favorite mindful thing to do. And I thought he, the man was crazy. Then I started washing the dishes more, um, you know, at family dinners and gatherings and stuff. And and I think it's easier to focus your mind when it's you're actually doing, physically doing something, right? so obviously when you're washing the dishes the temperature of the water and the texture of the food or whatever it might be but um and also like going for walks so you're feeling your feet on the ground maybe focus all on the senses so you're going to focus on what i'm looking at right now or uh or what i'm hearing or smelling and then a thought pops in or sensation you notice it and again non-judgmentally with curiosity then focus back on what i'm what i'm doing so that's helped well for myself as well as um those ideas that seem to work quite well with clients that's great
0: i i like to when i'm working with clients i like to sometimes show them how easy it is by by just doing this in the here and now with us you know instead of making it homework like let's just do this together right now and in fact i'm going to invite you guys to do that together with me right now maybe the listeners as well Mm -hmm. let's just be aware of our drop our thoughts into our bodies and be aware of what kinds of physical sensations we might have uh, any tension we might have, anything we might be holding on to. And just accept that, acknowledge it without judgment. And then and let's go to our thoughts and see what our what our mind is doing right now. are we are we focused on what we're hearing right now and focused on this conversation? Are we kind of distracted thinking about something else? Doesn't matter. We can accept that. And that's fine. And let's just check in emotionally for a second and see how we're feeling. Is there is there any lingering mood or emotional state that's kind of playing in the background right now? Anxiety or anger or sadness, anything. Just be aware of that. Acknowledge it. And accept it. That's where we are, and then let's recognize that even in this last minute of doing this, we've just given ourselves a gift of checking in and self care, and that's where we are right now.
1: So there we are. That was pretty easy, right? I like that,
0: Ryan. Thanks. So you, Ryan. you start
1: off a lot of your sessions that way, just doing that internal check-in, or
0: I, I, I'll do that myself personally, and yeah. Sometimes with clients, but sometimes it'll just come up as a uh, as an example they are like, "Oh, I've been so stressed out what you know, you know have you ever tried mindfulness and that's something that's it's so easy to do yeah it uh but we just have to do it <laughs> you have to remember to do it and and now that uh I just did this simple one, and they're you know as we're talking about, there are many different ways to do it, but it's not that hard
3: that was great. I feel like you have um a very calming voice Ryan you're like the Morgan Freeman of podcasts <laughs> <laughs> I was just if I, I was like hey, here are my thoughts I was just thinking wow i Me could too, like man. have Ryan record some ex- like yeah meditation exercises mindfulness exercises and i listen to them on a daily basis it's great
1: it's
0: soothing my goodness yeah. very. Oh, you, guys are, you guys are too kind i don't know that i've ever been called the Morgan Freeman of mindfulness or anything podcast yeah just so podcast yes mm-hmm. wow <laughs> <laughs> so what other tips do we have anything um, else that you guys have tried before
2: so i do all of those too and then i do like to do scripts so i have some scripts of like doing a body scan um which gets you in your body i know some people prefer outward sometimes i do the senses as well um, I also have Joanna and I share them. There's mindfulness cards, mm. like a deck of cards with a bunch of different, short, very short mindfulness techniques in there of just trying to help build awareness. So, whether it's um, looking at an object that's still and trying to be as still as that object, then you just take notice. Um,
1: Breath work like is
2: really big for mindfulness. And then, Chris, it's um, echoed in my clients a little bit what you're saying about being out versus inwards and clients just a, a random tip for listeners sometimes when you're paying attention to your breathing it, it causes more distress people their breathing increases or it becomes labored because they're focusing on it in which case if you're noticing that and it's distressing to you then you can just focus on your breath as it goes in and out of your nostrils so change your point of reference instead of noticing it in your chest or in your diaphragm just notice it in your nose and that can be helpful but I also use the word, like, or just the phrase, what are you noticing right now? A lot of my therapy, what are you noticing right now? Oh, I noticed a shift in you. What do you notice in your emotions right now? What are you noticing in your thoughts, in your body? So I just continually ask those questions.
0: Hmm. I like that.
3: It, yeah, I thought about those cards, Brooke. I think there's another one, um, like listen to a favorite song of yours and try to just focus in on the specific instrument that's playing.
2: Yeah, that's um, a good one too.
3: Or um, if. You know, in a room in your house, go sit in a place you've never sat before and look around and see what you notice from that angle. Like, go sit in a corner and notice and be mindful of what's around you or what it feels like to sit in that spot versus another one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those cards are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: it's cool. That's very Or, like, cool.
3: look around and, you know, name something of every... Again, senses, but name something for every color of the rainbow. Yep. Think so that we'll that go nice. through some
2: uh in a session and then we lay out after we're done a card i say okay did you like this or not mm-hmm. and then um, put that if they say yes then i put that in a separate pile and then when we're done i lay them out and they take pictures of them so they can practice
3: them at home ah, yeah. i do that great. as well. yeah yeah i think um i think it's just important to note that not um if you try an exercise i would give it a a decent go um, not just a one off, but uh, you might find some certain exercises that work better than others, right? Um, I remember someone in a team meeting um, at our practice said, like, some people love to knit, right? And that's something that's super relaxing for them, but then there's gonna be other people who actually find it distressing, boring, awful. So just because it's relaxing for like me doesn't mean it's gonna be the go to thing for you. So I think be aware of that. Um, if you have a friend who's like, oh man, I do. I go for walks all the time and it's great. Or I'd like to, yeah, wash dishes all the time. Um, might not be your thing, but it's worth yeah. a shot.
1: That's a good point. You know, we actually recorded some mindfulness exercises for a boot camp, and the ones that Brooke and I recorded didn't make the cut. Like we actually had Ryan and his wife, um, create those uh, practices for our, our program. So but the ones that Brooke and I create, I actually send out to clients in audio clips. I do and too. Uh, It's so funny, personal preference. Um, you know, I, the odd time I'll have a client who says, you know what, I, yeah, I cannot stand her voice. Like, it's just, I can't, can't stand it, right? So
2: Thanks, Chris's client.
1: Yeah, personal, <laughs> personal preference, right? The spouse is actually says, uh, they're trying to find one that uh, you like, yeah. the, that fits yeah. well with you.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite personally is actually like nature, connecting with nature, being aware of, of sounds or just external, right? Um, but I will also take my shoes off and stand in grass. Hmm. I,
3: li-
2: I like to be in grass, like touching grass. Uh, I don't know. Just, I find it really grounding, for lack of a better word. That was kind of punny. Yeah,
3: literally. You're grounding. Yeah, grounding.
2: Lit- literally. Yeah, so one time in DC, there we we're walking around sightseeing, and Chris is like, Where'd Brooke go? Look around. I'm like, lying on a boulevard. I'm like, It's so nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> on the grass. Wait, is the boulevard for you guys is boulevard, is that like the strip between lanes?
2: Um, it can be, but it could also be uh, like the space before a sidewalk and a building. Oh, okay. If it's like a grassy area, that Got it. could be called a boulevard.
0: Got it. For us it's just a street. It's a type of street. Oh. So my office was on Colorado Boulevard. So just, just
2: a street. Yeah. <laughs> we have some boulevards. What what do you call the grassy area between the sidewalk and the building?
0: Uh I don't know. The grassy area. We don't have a lane for it, I don't think. But guys, we got to wrap up. I'm sorry to say. This has been mindfully wonderful. I've had a great time. Um, Chris, yeah. do you have any Good. final, final words for us?
1: Uh, just be patient with it. Yeah. Give it a go and be patient. Yeah.
0: Okay. I like that. Be patient. Start it off and let's see where it goes.
1: Yeah. Five minutes a day okay that's good
0: all right guys uh, check us out on uh the podcast
3: www.mentalhealthbootcamp.com
0: that's you find us
3: on instagram and facebook oh good and tell a friend and tell yes. a friend.
0: Your challenge for this week find one person you think might benefit from this and let them know about the podcast.
3: And if you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear them and we would consider the topics for future bootcamps or podcasts, sorry. I
0: love it. Thank you very much. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, Bye. Later.